Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. And, and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 105 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has their office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all and could be doing it for you right now. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline, 780-496-0063, brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have the Little River Band on August 16th, Steel Panther this Saturday as well. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us, 630-630, Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Lots of uh, text messages coming in about uh, the power play. Mark was uh, telling us what his unit would look like at the end of the last segment there. And uh, Mark, you were saying that uh, you would likely have two D-men and then you put one of Dry Settle and Nugent Hopkins on the top unit and whichever one is left off that top unit would uh, run the second unit from the half wall. I think I think that I still like to start the season with, uh, I mean, lots can happen in camp, but we're, what the heck, it's July and we're figuring it out. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to start with McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same unit because they do have an excellent chemistry. And uh, if I'm telling Leon Dreisaitl, look, you're not going to play with uh, McDavid at even strength very often this season, uh, I don't mind saying to him, however... You know, you and McDavid are on the power play together. I think that's fair. Uh, and I don't see such an overabundance of forwards on this team with power play pedigree that you can't have two defensemen out there, frankly. Uh, I don't mind what I see on the Oilers' defense. I mean, they just said it. They don't have Drew Doughty, but I think they have lots of guys. They, they seem like every year, you know, I like the Weath and Bear shoots it, and we'll see if Evan Bouchard makes his team, but I know that he's got a cannon, so that's those are huge upgrades on what they've had. So I don't mind it. And then Nugent Hopkins comes over the boards in the second unit, and uh, you've got still an excellent passer and a guy that could win some face-offs suddenly, and uh, I don't mind that second unit. Texter to Saskatoon says, Benning gets the puck on net. Can't beat that. So that's a fair point. Um, another texter says, Absolutely, they should try. Pull the RV on the power play. What do they have to lose? This uh, texture says Cassian on the power play. There's no way that's going to happen. Connor, Leon, Cassian, Clefbaum, <laughs> and uh, Pauly Irby. And then Nuge, Kajula, Strom, Yamamoto, and Bouchard in his second unit. We haven't really talked about Yamamoto. Could he play a factor on the power play too, Spec? Yeah, and there you go. Uh, and I don't mind his shot from in close. I think he, uh, I recall him having a fairly accurate shot, and, a, and he snaps it off very quickly. Um and you know what? He punches above his weight. He can out-battle guys for the puck more than you'd think a guy his size could. And he's he's clearly an elite... Um, you know, he can play with those elite forwards skill-wise, right? He's got a ton of skill, so he's also a, a possible option here. And we talked about Pugliarvi being a possible option, so all of a sudden the owners have some guys. You might be able to put two units up together. Big Al says, Nuge, McDavid, Drysdale, Larson, and Nurse. That's interesting. Uh, and another texter says, 97 on the half wall, 
Lucic, the net front presence, Polyarvi off wing for the one timer, Klafbaum, blue line, 90 or 29 down low right side. So there's Lucic as well, who provides that net front presence. So we didn't even talk about him. Yep. I think that uh, the, uh, there's another one. Uh, I think what you get as we add another name to the pile, and I feel sort of goofy for not even having mentioned them, but I think what now you have, assuming that you know you have players, the guys like Yamamoto are around, is you've got competition here, right? You've got competition to play, make the power play. And if Lucic is producing and having a good season, then yeah, you get some what they used to call sugar time, right? You get to play in the power play. And if you're not playing well, guess what? There's someone else that's going to take that job. And good teams have internal competition. And if you can put together all these names we're talking and enough of those guys have good seasons, I like a team where you got to work to get in the power play. You can call us 780-496-0063 on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline if you'd like to chime in. Randy has called in, and uh, he doesn't want to talk about the power play, but he has a question for Speck. Randy, you're on Oilers now. What's your question? Hey, Speck. Good to talk to you. All right. What's up? I'm just wondering, out of uh, last year's playoff teams in the West, who do you see falling out of the playoffs to allow the Oilers to gain a playoff spot? Uh, that's an excellent question, isn't it? Because uh, it is. When you look at them all, you think, "Oh, they're all going to get better." Uh, how could you see? You know, we talked the other show about how we remember Calgary making it and falling falling out. We remember Edmonton making it and falling falling out. And I question: Is Winnipeg that team next? They had a bunch of career seasons. Do they fall out? I can't look at Winnipeg and tell you, Randy. Is it Randy? Yep that they're going to fall out of the playoffs, the Jets. I don't think Winnipeg is the team that's falling out either. No, I don't like Minnesota a ton. I could see Minnesota falling out. Well, here are the playoff teams last year, just to uh, refresh our memories. The Central, Nashville, Winnipeg, Minnesota, the Pacific, Vegas, Anaheim, San Jose, the wildcard teams, L.A., Colorado. The Oilers had three teams ahead of them that didn't make the playoffs, too, and those teams are pretty good and look like they'll be getting better, and those teams are Calgary, Dallas, and St. Louis. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about is the Calgary-Dallas part. Like, they're going to be a much better improved team next and year. So well. St. Louis. Do you see yeah. all the guys they yeah, added? St. Louis so, added as well, you bet. So it's, it's hard to make the playoffs, and you have to be good, and that's fine. Right, the bar shouldn't be low. It's high. Anaheim uh, is a team that could also, I could see, possibly fall, falling out. But I'm looking at LA when they add a Kovalchuk. They're going to add to their offense. They're they're not going to be as weak as sisters I thought they might be. Yeah, that's fair. You know, Kovalchuk. Last seen, Kovalchuk is an excellent player who makes your team a lot better. I can't see how he doesn't help the offense in, in LA. And you know, it's it's an excellent question. Dallas too. You know, I I am surprised I picked Dallas to be a playoff team last year, and they weren't. Uh, I love what I see in Dallas. It looked like a hell of a team, but for some reason, they can't seem to put it together down there either. Well, I thank you for your time, Speck. Yeah, right. thanks for the call, Randy. Not a great answer because it's hard to tell, but uh, I think the two teams for me that, that might fall out, uh, just looking at what we're looking at, would be in Anaheim and Minnesota for sure. And, you know, I have to pick St. Louis as a playoff team next year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely for sure. Well, we agree on all that, so... yeah. You know, it's interesting, though. Chicago, if we did this exercise last offseason at this time, we would have said, okay, Chicago's not dropping out of the playoffs, and they, they did. never missed the playoffs. So perhaps one of these teams that we think you know would never drop out of the playoffs, maybe they do. 
I don't know. That's for sure. A team like San Jose, who just seems to always be there. What a good organization. You know, do they ever have a bad year and get a bunch of injuries and miss the playoffs? It doesn't ever seem to happen, but it could. Well, you mentioned Anaheim. I do think they could take a step back. Kessler uh, might not even play to start the season, according to Elliot Friedman. He's mentioned that a couple yeah. times. Um, and then they have older guys like Perry that are... Uh, you know, regressing a little bit. Vegas is a big wild card, too. Where do you see Vegas going next year, Spec? Like, I have no idea. Do they stay as the Pacific Division powerhouse? Do they sort of uh, follow the wild card spot, or they followed it completely? I, I think, you know, uh, this is, again, falls into the same category as that team where everybody has career years. You know, they just... I haven't done the math on that team, but I guarantee you they got 10 guys who produced beyond anything they'd produced in their entire careers last season. Uh, Those teams always take a step back, right? They always take a step back. Do they step all the way out of the playoffs? That's... You know, I'm not here to make predictions yet. It's too early, right? I'm not. I hate making predictions in September. I'm not making them in July. Uh, <laughs> but it sure wouldn't surprise me if Vegas isn't winning the Pacific and running away with it here. Uh, it, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Are they falling all the way past eighth place? Uh, we'll figure out what they've got come October first. Another caller here. Dave wants to chime in. Dave, you're on Oilers now. Hey guys. Hey. So. You were just talking about Vegas. Funny enough, that's why I was calling in. Uh, I don't think Vegas makes the playoffs next year. I think with uh, with Perron and Neal moving on, that's a lot of their scoring. You know, and they bring in Paul Satchney, you know, great ad, good centerman. But, you know, they got that emotional push last year. You know, they had the shooting in Vegas, which kind of unified the team. It's a new team full of a bunch of guys that felt that they were slighted by their former teams and they really kind of gelled and came together. Great coaching, you know, and the team was built with a very cohesive vision. I love that. But I just don't see them doing the same thing this year that they did last year. They really caught lightning in a bottle last year, and I, it's, I don't think it's going to happen this year. What well, do you guys think? The whole Golden Misfits thing was really cool and provided emotional lift and a bonding exercise that doesn't exist anymore. Now they're a second-year team. They're not the Golden Misfits anymore. Uh, Paul Stastny's a good player, right? He's an excellent second-line centerman. He's a good distributor. He plays hard. I like him a lot. He makes him better. He's a better player than David Prawn, in my opinion. And they'll lose a little scoring in Neil, there's no doubt. The other one, William Carlson's not scoring 40 again. You know, not happening. I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. So, again, you know, and all of those emotional lifts, like I I chafe a little bit at the whole, you know, a bunch of people got shot and it made the Las Vegas Golden Knights a better hockey team. I, I don't, I just don't like going down that road. Uh, but all the emotional things that occurred in Las Vegas between being an expansion team and all the, oh my God, look, at, we can win on the road and we can win at home and all of that stuff's gone. Now they're just a regular team. So they've got to replace a lot of emotional levers uh, in order to do this year what they did last, Brennan. Yeah, thanks for the call. They all jump in on that too. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You mentioned that now they'll want to prove that they can do it again. So they'll have motivation. Like they, they'll they'll want to prove motivation, and they didn't win the Stanley Cup, so that's uh, that's more motivation. Um, keep in mind they traded for Thomas Tatar last year, and everyone sort of wondered why they gave up so much for him. He didn't even end up playing much in the playoffs, but now he'll likely slide in for a Perron or a Neal, sure a guy they lost. So we'll see if he can fill the void there. 
it just seems like whoever they they play in their top six, it just works out. So we'll see if that continues. It did last year. (laughs) So I have no idea. It'll be a fascinating story. It did. Again. It was a great story. Like everyone, uh, it was awesome what happened in Vegas last year. Uh, But those kinds of Cinderella stories, I'm just saying history tells me they don't tend to repeat themselves. You were talking a little about the Blues there, Speck, and I agree with you. I think the Blues will be a playoff team, too. One of the players they signed, Patrick Maroon, formerly of the Oilers. I had him on the show yesterday. He had some interesting comments on uh, the free agency process. What exactly happened there? Well, no, I just think... Yeah, I mean, we all went for long-term. I thought I deserved it, too. Yeah. At the end of the day, I thought I deserved a long-term deal, but um, with... uh, Everything, and I think the market was as hot. Um, but it was a little frustrating, but I think um, with some things that happened during the off-season to get me fixed up, that could have had a cost for it. But I don't know. There's some mixed feelings about it, but I'm frustrated about it. But, you know, my back's always been against the wall. It's, I just have to go out there and prove myself again, you know. Uh, a couple other teams were willing to take a chance on me, but... And I'm just glad I found a home in St. Louis. So at first he said um, the the free agency process didn't go the way he had planned, and then I followed up saying, why do you think that was? And he, he talked about that. It felt he deserved a long-term deal somewhere. So mm-hmm. uh, very honest when he was in the room here. In Edmonton, you could ask him a question to give you an honest answer, and yep. uh, he clearly did there as well. So it seems like he's frustrated about the whole process. I don't know if he was hoping that the Oilers would have, you know, offered him a long-term deal, hoping maybe New Jersey would have, or the Blues a long-term deal. I don't know, but it seemed like he was a little upset with how things uh, went. Oh, he expected uh, that. Th- I mean, this was his window, and this is a, you know. Pro players, I know they make lots of money and millions of dollars, and I'm not playing any violins here, but these guys put a career together, as he has done, and get to a certain summer when they're at a certain age. How old's Patty Maroon right now? Is he, you know, he's late 20s, 28? 28, uh, I would assume, yeah. Get to a certain point where it's time now. They're a UFA, and they're, you know, coming off a decent season, and they've done some things, and it's time to sign a long... He's 30, excuse me. I'm, I'm uh, early on him. So he's 30 years old, right? This was the time to, to get that four or five-year deal. And the market didn't give it to him. You know, the market looked at Patty Maroon and said, you know, your history is, like even in Edmonton, he came here hungry and was very, very good. And the next year, I know his points were, were almost the same, but he wasn't as good. And, and it took him a long time to get going. He was off and on when he was in Anaheim. And... Um, the market looked at Pat Maroon and said, no, we're not giving you a four- or five-year deal, right? And, you know, we could talk a long time why that happened, but the fact is it did happen. And I agree. If I'm Pat Maroon, I'm, I was looking forward to my biggest contract of my career, too, and it didn't come. And now he's got a, another prove-it year. And maybe he'll get another shot at 31. You know, maybe he has a great year for St. Louis. He signs a four-year deal down there. Great. He'll be a fan favorite there. He's from St. Louis. He plays a big man's game. Everyone in Edmonton loved Patty Maroon, right? Yep. You know, who didn't like having him on your team? Great with the media. Great with people around town. You see him in a restaurant. He's the guy that stands up at his table, shakes your hand. Nothing wrong with Pat Maroon, but the GMs just didn't want to give him a big deal this year. Yeah, it's interesting. You look at Tobias Reeder, similar uh, situation for him. He could only he wanted the long term deal. Maybe they, it wasn't out there. He said, "You know what? I'm going to prove it too and sign a one year deal with the Oilers." He did, and and he's a little bit younger. And he said, "I can afford, right? I can afford to pick my team 
and sign a one-year deal, and this is the player Oilers fan wants. Here's a guy that is absolutely trying to set himself up for the Pat Maroon opportunity. He wants a year from now, Toby Reader, to be sought after as a UFA. So he's going to have, you know, he's hoping to have a fabulous season this year, which is good for the oil. Uh, Pat Maroon, same in St. Louis. I think he'll have a killer year down there. A year from now, I think we'll be talking about him with a three-year deal somewhere, probably with the Blues. Yeah, a lot of centers are in to work with as well in St. Louis. I, I like their lineup a lot. They have Shen, Bozak, and O'Reilly down the middle. So oh, boy. That's pretty impressive. And then Tarasenko on the wing, Schwartz. Still that's a good Schwartz team. is a good player. Uh, Petrangelo, it's, yeah. to me, he's sort of the Sergei Zubov of his generation. There's always better defensemen out there, and he gets overlooked. But Petrangelo, to me, is a annual guy you look at around the Norris. Uh, Colton Preco is just a really, really good defenseman. They got a bunch of big guys in the back end. Good team, man. That St. Louis team's a good team. One, they've never run a Stanley Cup, and they haven't even been to one, right? Yeah. Since they were coming out of the old West Conference or Division. Remember when it was? Remember they would they put the original six teams in the East, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they put all the expansion <laughs> yep. teams in the West. And St. Louis with Glenn Hall would come on every year and get stomped by like Bobby Orr and the Bruins. <laughs> uh, they've had a ton of good teams with St. Louis. They've never been back to a cup. Well, they don't have. Well, they have question marks in goal, I guess, this year as well. Jake Allen hasn't really proven it. No, they've always had question. Not always, yeah. but so many seasons they've had a question mark in goal. Yeah. Right? They had Cujo. I kind of liked him. Yeah, loved but Cujo. There's been a lot of seasons in St. Louis where they didn't have the goaltending. You're right about that. One twenty-two damage, and we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll have some fun. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about uh, the Eskimos. Uh, Speck loves those uh, Chicago Cubs. Will they be up to anything at the deadline? I don't know. The Eskimos. To we'll see where we go here. Uh, after the break on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guide. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 125 in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers Now, Mark Spector in studio for Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing every Friday and Saturday at Northlands Park. A few more minutes here with Mark. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Eskimos and uh, what's going on here with Terrell Owens. I'll say this first, Mark. Mm-hmm. I know Reed had uh, his Canadian agent on uh, Inside Sports the other night. He says intention is still to play football. Even if it is in the, the CFL, I think he still wants to play in the NFL. But he is open to the idea. And then uh, Reed also reached out to uh, the Eskimos for a comment on this. And uh, he didn't get a comment on it. They didn't want to comment on it, on it on, or comment on it at this time. And maybe it's because they're on the bye week. I don't know. But they didn't say anything about it. So, so why what, do you, do you, what do you think that? Why do you think that is? When do you think, when does the one week, is, was it a one week window? I think it was 10, 10 days. 10 day window. Yeah, 10 day window. So that's got to be what, four or five days away right now? Something like yeah. that. So, I, listen, I, I'm not a CFL expert, but I'm reading the tea leaves. Brock Sunderland doesn't want to comment on Terrell Owens. So, that tells me that 
he's probably not interested and he's trying to peddle the rights on the guy. He's probably trying to get a, what do you get? Yeah. Fifth round pick or something. I would suggest if he doesn't want Trell Owens, uh, he'll be clearly trying to peddle the rights to some other CFL team who might. And I think then the question becomes, does anybody want Terrell Owens at 44, Brennan? What do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> He's in great shape. He can run fast. But would he even, like, he would he make it a, a joke if he comes here? I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. What And if he gets hit? Like, is he just coming here to play one game to show the world he can still play football? I don't know. What, what his plan yeah. is or... I would I would suggest that like are you kidding me? He's forty four years old. You know I don't think there's a forty four year old player on the planet that you should want on your CFL team. I don't care what his name was or what he used to be. When you're telling me he's better than Duke Williams in his prime mid twenties here, is that what you're telling me? I mean, come on, right? He's forty four years old. Well, yeah, the Eskimos have three of the top five receivers in the CFL right now. So they in don't terms of yards, they don't need them. Williams and uh, Walker one two. Stafford's top five. Mitchell's been hurt to start the year, and he was great in uh, fill and work last season. Mm-hmm. The one thing is, Vidal Hazelton is out. He's on the six game injured list, and we don't know when he'll be back. So, and I think you bring To into your team, into your clubhouse, as it were. And I mean, when he was in his prime, he was just a. I mean, he's a clubhouse lawyer. He's a mouth. All he does is talk, right? He talks yeah. more than he catches for sure. Like, I want to say this. You know what? And I don't want to get personal with Terrell Owens because whatever. He was a great player, right? He's a great player. Well, he was third all time in touchdowns, top five in oh, receiving yards. There right? you go. He was a great NFL player in his time. But that was 20 years ago and 15 years ago. That's a long time, man. Listen, have, I want to say to the CFL, like, have some pride. I hope no one signs him, and not because I don't like T.O. I love T.O. when he plays all right. Talk too much for my liking, but whatever. Um, but have some pride. Are we bringing 44-year-olds in here just because they were once a name we we knew and we're trying to sell tickets? Is that what we're doing? Like, is this just going to be a circus freak show up here where some guy who played two decades ago and three decades ago is, you know, or two decades ago, is going to come in and, and at 44... And play in the CFL, is that where the CFL's at? I get bringing in Manziel, right? He's still, you know, he's of playing age. Uh, he blew out his chance in the NFL. I mean, he's not playing in Hamilton, but there's no reason that he couldn't come to the CFL and be a, you know, a, a, produce, a productive quarterback. But 44-year-old T.O., I mean, I think it would speak ill of the CFL if one of the teams signed him. That's what I think. You? Well, I'd like to see him play still, but yeah, I don't think yeah, it's going why, to happen. Right? As like a freak show? No, just, yeah, just as... As a freak show. Pretty much, yeah. Right. One game, Trello owns <laughs> in the CFL. Is that what we are, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Like the know? exhibition's rolling into town here, right? Is that what the CFL is? Is it like Conklin shows? Maybe I'm biased because he played a year for the Bengals. Maybe I just want to see him one more time. I don't know. You know, like... It's probably not going to happen, though, so you'll, we'll be okay. That's okay. okay. I respect. just, I don't think, I, I, I have more respect for the CFL. I don't want them to be just a place where some guy just shows up, you know, in the caravan and <laughs> juggles for five minutes and we all watch and go, wow, man, how's that work? You know, uh, three balls for $5. Like, is that what we are up here? Come on. I agree with you on that standpoint <laughs> in terms of trying to grow the CFL for what it is. Is so. Joe Theismann coming back next? Is that Why what we're not? doing here? 
we're, we're late for the news spec, so you better get out of here <laughs> before Charles <laughs> Owens r- rolls in and beats you up or something. <laughs> what if they sign him and he's in studio, you know? One thirty in Edmonton. We'll uh, break for the uh, news with Eileen Bell. That was uh, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. When we come back, we'll be joined by Josh Curry. He signed a two-year deal with the Oilers yesterday.